Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuber Galist. Ah, yeah. Exciting episode I got planned. Really, a lot of first class, business class, lower class, just all sorts of classes planned. I don't really know what that means and I don't really have anything unusual planned. But I thought I would say something different at the top of the show. Mission accomplished, I suppose. This show, speaking of, nice segue, is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed for some reason. Why? Why would I do this? Well, I've thought long and hard over this, or at the very least hard, and realized that if you consume a metric shit ton of media and let it sit... In the dusty attic or mind palace, if you run like that, run like that, play like that, flow like that, I don't know, like that, then you should occasionally get that stuff out of there. You, you gotta make room for new and exciting ideas, and that means pushing out uh, uh, things like talking about the movie Step Brothers, which we're gonna do in a second, for example. So, you know, that's why I do it. And for the love of the game. Uh, Alright, gonna push a button that will start us like this. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is French Yard Wrestling. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Step Brothers. Oh, yes, I just mentioned that a second ago. Uh, from 2008 to Aimless Middle-Aged Losers. Well, is that is that fair? You know, they're doing what they want all day. They're uh, sure they're living at home with their respective uh, parents, but... You know, could be worse things. Two middle-aged losers still living at home are forced against their will to become roommates when their parents marry. Ah, yes. Okay, well, uh, that's fun and funny. Uh, the uh, the titular <laughs> stepbrothers, of course, played by Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. A very interesting... A, a, a team up and they've done it again was this their first uh, a comedic duo team up i think it might have been um and you could see the potential of just putting these two together it you know it, it i'm not gonna say it's not at all the fact that they're both two sort of weird looking dudes 
that does come into play, I think, just in terms of uh, uh, comedic potential, let's say. But they're also uh, uh, t- the timing, which is uh, something I'm clearly lacking here as I go, uh, 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 uh. The timing of these two uh, uh, (laughs) is really just something, something special, something special to behold. Now, you know, this is a, a, it's it's not going to win any uh, awards for, you know, acting or anything like that, but, uh, which is sad because they should have, they should take into account the sort of idea of it is what it is. Uh, this movie does what it sets out to do admirably. Uh, I think I'd easily go, would I go a five out of five? I feel like I'd go just shy of five out of five. Um, now I'd probably bump it up again for the fucking Catalina wine mixer. I'll say that right now. Oh God. Why wasn't that the sponsor? Yeah, that would have been smart. Uh, I got Adam Scott in here, Catherine Hahn, Richard, uh, Jenkins is incredible. Mary Steenburgen, always great. Uh, uh, just definitely recommend this in general. Step Brothers. Moving on to American Psycho. Yeah, we got two very different movies here uh, uh, from 2000. A uh, healthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent, hedonistic fantasies. Yeah, uh, it's it's very interesting to see Christian Bale in this role, and then just sort of, you know, nebulously contemplate the fact that uh, eventually he will be Batman. <laughs> to, 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 I know, you know, it's actors. That's what they do. They pretend to be different people. But, uh, man, uh, it, Patrick Bateman compared to uh, Bruce Willis, uh, who is, you know, spoiler alert. We'll leave a little pause there just in case you don't know. Uh, uh, is Batman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Could you have two more? You know what? I was going to say, could you have two more different roles? But, uh, you know, Batman's sanity is something that is not always uh, 100% stable, I think is safe to say. I mean, it's just a rich dude dressing up uh, because of the death of his parents and fighting crime. That's weird. That's something a weird person would do. <clears throat> uh, who else do we got in this one? Christian Bale. Yeah, not too, too. Jared Leto. Oh, Willem Dafoe is great, as always. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, Witherspoon. I'll take her either way. Uh, Rating-wise, jeez. Uh, this is one that I hadn't seen in enough years that uh, I didn't... Like, I probably saw it close to 2000, if I had to guess. Uh, so I really didn't remember much. Uh, there was a few scenes here and there, like uh, the Huey Lewis scene, of course, but that's probably the most famous scene. Uh, one thing, uh, watch this with the missus, of course. Uh, she loves a movie like this. Uh, one thing we decided we're going to start saying um, when we have to get out of situations is, I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> he says that at least twice, and I think three times, maybe more. Um, that's uh, at one point that's like, he tries to use it as an alibi, uh, and, and just to get out of situations. So, uh, that's a delight, a goddamn delight. So for that reason, 
five out of five? Jesus. Maybe just shy five out of five, but maybe five out of five. Similar to Step Brothers. Hey, we got a good run here. And the run is going to continue. I will let you know from this 2019 film, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, yeah, this one sort of flew under the radar. At least for me it did. And that I never really heard about it, but then it popped up uh, the other day, just sort of scoping around Netflix, as you do. Uh, I think it may have even been on my recommends list, which uh, I feel like I haven't mentioned in a while. You know what, I don't watch a tremendous amount of Netflix anymore, I find. Uh, I'm sort of, jeez, I wonder what percent. Definitely a high percent of my viewing is YouTube now. Uh, anyways, uh, but what I was, uh, alluding to there was the fact that I used to mention often that, uh, YouTube recommends if you, uh, consistently rate movies that you like, it was great back in the day when you can actually rate them. Now you can just give them a thumbs up, but if you consistently do that, I find whatever algorithm Netflix has to suggest things for you is very, very, very good, very accurate. And, uh, I don't think it's ever really let me down. So, uh, this was on that, uh, 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 the algorithm decided I would like this. And then, uh, 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 just sort of watching the trailer and I'll read the MDF for you. Zach runs away from his care home to make his big dreams of becoming a wrestler come true. Zach has a uh, down syndrome and he is accompanied by, Oh, uh, his name in real life is Zach. You know, what's interesting. Uh, his name in real life is Z a C K his name in the movie Z a K interesting uh he's accompanied by Shia LaBeouf for uh, the majority of the film this definitely falls into the film category I would say uh and uh what was I going on about uh my brain just like shut down there uh yeah uh, okay so the Mrs. uh and I saw this I said do you want to uh, watch this one and um I sort of recommended uh, that we watch it on a Sunday because this has got such great Sunday movie vibes. Uh, get your, uh, you know, get your cry on a little bit. It, it sort of had that feeling of a movie that would elicit tears just from the trailer alone. You could kind of uh, do the math, <laughs> do, do the movie math of watching the trailer and, uh, uh, and, and seeing what the movie's about and understand that, yeah, there's probably going to be some fun, but I bet you it's also going to be sad. So... That is what happens without giving too much away. Uh, it's got a sort of a, a quest vibe, which uh, <laughs> this comes up more often in fantasy. I think I, uh, comparing the peanut butter falcon to crawl from the last episode seems weird. But whenever it's a, a group of people, no matter uh, how big or small, I guess, can you quest with one? I suppose you can go with one traveling from point A to point B, uh, with things in their way to impede progress. Uh, that to me is a quest and that's what happens in this. So, uh, for that reason, I like it, uh, acting spot on, come on, Shia LaBeouf, you know, despite what you might think of him, he's a, he's a good actor. Uh, Zach, incredible as well. Dakota Johnson. Good. You got some Bruce Dern in there. Thomas Hayden church, man, Jake, the steak motherfucking Roberts. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, geez, just shy five out of five. Yeah. Uh, the, the only maybe Mark I will take off is, and this is something that happens in a lot of, you know, uh, tear jerkery drama movies. I feel like is sometimes, 
And, you know, it's got to be nearly impossible as a filmmaker to avoid this. Sometimes it feels, I, I could feel them trying to elicit tears and I'd rather it happen naturally, but then, you know, how do you do that? I don't know. I guess that's up for the filmmakers to figure out. Uh-huh. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Bat Grizzly Repellent. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, we're talking Alone Season 8. Oh, interesting. So, this is the most uh, recent season of the television show Alone. Uh, I don't know. I could probably have figured it out, but uh, I am not a professional, so I did not. How many seasons of Alone I have uh, brought back to the podcast to chat about? I don't think every single one, um, but probably nearly every single one. Uh, and this is uh, season eight was filmed in the fall of 2020 on the shore. I'm reading the wiki here on the shores of Chilco Lake, B.C., British Columbia. Which is nice to see, being a Canadian, of course. Uh, the, the the beautiful outdoors uh, in BC, sort of famously uh, uh, forested, mountainous, beautiful. And uh, really see that on show in this particular season. A uh, high-altitude glacial-fed lake on a dry eastern side of the coastal mountains. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. Um, I think it was last season or the one before where they were on Victoria Island and it was just basically rain every single day, which, uh, you know, had its own sort of issues of not being able to light fire, whereas uh, here that didn't seem as much of an issue. Uh, what was quite often <laughs> uh, uh, troublesome, let's say, in this season was grizzly bears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it almost feels like, I don't know if they're upping the ante necessarily each and every year, but this season definitely did feel like they searched out where most grizzly bears live and decided, yeah, let's shoot the season there this year because, uh, we saw a lot and some of them like, uh, incredibly close, like scary close. Like, uh, one point in particular, I remember a guy, uh, uh, I don't know if I want to spoil stuff, like who was the winner and such. Anyways, there was a guy who was like, for some reason, uh, uh yeah, I don't know, uh, was uh, tracking a grizzly bear and ended up actually finding it and getting to within, God, he must've been within 10 feet. It was on like another side of a tree and, uh, it sort of tore off. Uh, once it got close enough, but, uh, you know, you don't want to be that close to a grizzly bear, imagine. And this was, you know, just pre winter as well, pre hibernation. So they're fucking uh, ravenous, which is a, a good word to use in this case because it means hungry and also, you know, fucking angrily hungry. Uh, uh, so if you're unfamiliar with the TV show alone, I guess maybe I should start with that. Uh, basically, they take uh, 10 people. They throw them into the wilderness. Last person to, uh, uh, you know, live in the wilderness. Yeah, sure. This is awarded 500000 Not even a million, eh? <laughs> uh, and then it's just a matter of uh, uh, when you want to go home, all you have to do is push a button and they'll come get you and they'll take you home. Um, but I, I guess you don't get any money, <coughs> which is, you know, that's disappointing there. I, I, I feel like it should be... First place gets a million, 
Second place gets 500,000, uh, third place 250, and so on and so on and so on. Just so, you know, would that help or hinder, actually? That's interesting. Uh, things that make it interesting as well is the fact that you don't know how many contestants are left. Yeah, that's that right there is one of the biggest, I feel like, one of the biggest mindfucks of this thing is that... You have no way of knowing when the situation that you are in that is horrible uh, is going to end. Uh, like, like if you had it in your mind that, okay, I just have to make it to this date. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. But w when you don't have that, you, you literally see people's sort of psychological breakdowns on the show. Like, yes, people leave for, you know, medical reasons, maybe, um, like one guy was having uh, heart issues. Uh, apparently, he had some uh, bypasses in the past, uh, and uh, because of the lack of food and the uh, all these sort of uh, uh, all the labor he was doing to you know set up his camp and stuff like that, uh, started having heart palpitations and had to go home. Yeah, obviously, obviously, you you make that call and you go home. Um, some people, you know, get sick or get hurt occasionally. Um, but what seems to take out a lot of people is just loneliness, which, uh, the missus and I always talk about the show from that perspective that she doesn't think she could do it from that perspective. Uh, the, the, the whole being alone thing. Uh, whereas I almost feel like I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, you know, you think that, and then you get into the situation and then it changes. I, I realize that as a distinct possibility, but I love alone time. Uh, I, I crave alone time. Uh, but then again, I also have the ability to not have it <laughs> should I wish. So, uh, uh, being, not having that choice maybe would make the difference. It's, it's an interesting show from a psychological perspective like that. It's an interesting show to see, uh, uh, just sort of the survival, you know, I don't want to call them tips and tricks and stuff like that, but, but see people build their homes and shelters and forage and hunt. And I don't know, it's a, it's just like a cool show. Uh, the missus and I also, uh, play a game of my creation. I suppose you could do this with more than two people. Yeah. Uh, episode one, we, uh, each pick a contestant we think is going to be the winner. Um, every time, uh, if one of your contestants is, uh, uh, goes home, then you pick a new one. Then at the end, you sort of tally, uh, how many, uh, uh contestants you went through and the lowest number wins, you know, like golf. Um, this time we were actually tied at two. Uh, so I picked one, they got out. I picked another one. She picked one. They got out. She picked another one. Uh, uh, but uh, her second choice was the winner of the show, which means she won, which is disappointing because, you know, I lost. Yes, obviously. But also because I think I had like a streak of winning like every single year. <laughs> like normally I would win. I don't know. I, I think I, I, I'm a good judge maybe of, uh, uh, of being able to tell who's going to survive in the wilderness. Yeah, that's a skill I possess apparently. All right, moving on to... <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Ah. Friday, Friday, gotta get down. Don't let me. Is, is this 
internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is the new hit single, What Kind of Latte Would You Like? from Vanilla Ice. Thank you from that sponsorship. Item the first of two. Oh, oh, shit, I only have two items. Okay, well, that'll happen sometimes. Is Blank Patch Rolling Stone's 500 Worst Albums a Twitter thread? <laughs> I think it's safe to say... Yeah, would I say this? My favorite Twitter follow is probably Blank Patch. Uh, he's come up on this podcast uh, innumerable times, I think, most recently for his appearance on Never Not Funny, the podcast. Um, and uh, uh, I've said this before, and I'm sure I will say it again, that I think he may be just sort of the quickest wit uh, on the planet. Him and Lee Mack, uh, those are two people who just sort of immediately jumped to my mind as being uh, just super, super quick. Like I, I think I even said this last time that should somehow, some way I be like, uh, uh, you know, Hollywood. Yeah. We'll just say this Hollywood comes to me Mm -hmm. and says, "Uh, uh, uh, Jordan, we need you to staff this uh, uh, writing team for this uh, uh, television show. It's gotta be the funniest thing ever made or the aliens will destroy our planet. And I'd be like, all right, you've come to the right place somehow. Uh, and then I would say, what's my budget? And they will say unlimited. And then I would say, okay, get me 500 pounds of jello because that's funny right there. But then also get me Lee Mack and the uh, Blaine Capatch and they can have a lot of this money too. And as much jello as they can eat, uh, is what would happen. Also, uh, I picked a few, I picked 10. I don't know if this is my top 10 or just, I read it and, uh, these are 10 that made me laugh. Um, I, sh- I feel like I, uh, I was going to preface this, but you know what? I'm not going to. Yeah. You don't get a preface. Number 365, shaving a haircut by 50 cent. I think that might've been my favorite. Uh, do I have to, should I, should I explain the joke on that one? No, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna explain any of these jokes. If you don't get them, you know, work on your comedy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Take that. No one listening to this. Uh, number 317, Louisianification by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Number 285, DAP. By old Cardi B. That one takes a sec. Uh, and that's something I, 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 you know, of taking a sec. Um, like Louisianication by Red Hot Chili Peppers. That doesn't take a sec. Shaving a haircut by 50 Cent. That takes a second. Dap by old Cardi B. That takes a second. And I think that is something that Blaine is maybe the best at. Jokes that you got to think for, you know, just a heartbeat. <laughs> Hopefully not too many heartbeats to get them. I fucking love it so much. Uh, number 182, Dianetics, audiobook, uh, <laughs> read by Polly Shore. Um, number, oh, I didn't write, I didn't put the number. Number 150-something, maybe? Uh, now that's what I call recording my neighbors having sex 11. Various artists. Number one. Th- 
<laughs> number 132, A Taste of Pennies, The Strokes. Let's see, a second. Uh, uh, I'm here for the Tillerman, Mr. T. That is so fucking good. T for the Tillerman. Uh, the Twist, M. Night Shyamalan. The Twist, M. Night Shyamalan. Jesus. Uh, Mouthful of Hot Soup, Twifted Fifter. That, uh, number 10, anything by Ray Stevens. That is like a, I feel like, uh, uh, just a lesson in comedy. Those, those 10, uh, I, I, I cannot stress enough just how amazing that is. Those are, uh, and he did fucking 500 of them. And they're on Twitter. Go to, go, go, if you're not on Twitter, sign up for Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of horrible, horrible shit there. But if you take the time and sift through the horrible pieces of shit, you will find the beautiful shit diamonds like Blaine Kapach. Moving on to how did this get made? Drop dead Fred re-listen. Oh, I almost never listen uh re-listen to podcasts the exceptions uh, that i know off the top of my head were the adventure zone the uh uh, uh balance arc i re-listened to that uh nerd poker i re-listened to that which also featured blaine kapach maybe not unsurprisingly um and i think that's it was there another D D one that, that's sort of what it has been it, it's been uh, D related like story arcs because you know um uh, I feel like being able to binge them like that uh, is sort of a different way of listening to them as opposed to once a week. You really, um, does it let you sort of get into it more? Maybe just because each episode, each previous episode is more fresh in your mind. Uh, so that's always been a sort of theory I worked under when it comes to podcasting re-listens and why I choose to rarely do them. However... Uh, uh, how did this get made recently, uh, re, uh, re-released, re-re-re-released <laughs> this, uh, sort of famous episode. I do remember when this came out, it's definitely of the episodes that I have in my mind of this podcast that I've listened to for fucking ever. Uh, it, it's gotta be in the top 10, top five, top three, maybe even the best one. And, uh, I, I did re-listen to it. I did, uh, maybe allegedly smoke a little pot uh and just sort of lie down and listen to this and just focused on this and i got to say it's one of the the, the great one of the reasons why i love podcast is uh, just sort of perfectly encapsulated in this um they talk about the movie drop dead fred obviously as the title indicates um which if you haven't seen is a fucked up movie just sort of in general, uh, would I recommend it? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, I, I, I think one of the best sort of takeaways from this is that there was, uh, you know, four people on stage talking about this movie and two of them took one sort of tack, um, and two took another, which made it a sort of very adversarial, uh, feeling comedically. So, and I almost think, 
and I don't think I caught this on my first listen. Uh, I almost think that uh, Jason Manzukas and June Diane Raffio, uh, who took the tack that uh, 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 t- took one tack, took the, what I would say is the crazier tack, as I am uh, team sa- team sanity. Um, I almost feel like they realized they were wrong <laughs> at one point. Just it was like some very very subtle things. Occasionally, they realized that they were wrong and insane for their opinion, but then like doubled down. Um, doubled down for the reason that they realized, uh, it would make a better podcast if they did so. And, uh, I can guarantee, I, at least from my memory, I don't think I noticed that when I first listened to it, but this time, you know, focusing on it, maybe a little bit more than the, uh, than originally, I, I almost feel like I could sense that happening, that, uh, like I could hear the smiles on their faces when they realized that they <laughs> sounded sane. Uh, but then, uh, getting, uh, you know, so voiceforous in their opinion that, uh, uh, Jason repeated, repeatedly sort of saying that he's like sweating, that he's getting so like, uh, aggressive, BB aggressive, I guess. Uh, it, it's just a, a delight in audio delight, which, you know, the opposite of this thing. Oh, way to bring it down at the end. Way to bring it down at the end. Folks, this was technically an episode, I suppose. Uh, looking forward to episode 600, I hope. Uh, you know, this is what is this, 591, so we're getting pretty close. Um, I have one thing planned and in the can. Uh, the missus wants to have a segment of her own, but she doesn't know what to do. Uh, what to do it on. So I'll tell you what, audience participation attempt that has never worked. If you can think of a segment that would work well with the missus, either on her own or with me, uh, you know, feel free to let me know in any of the uh, uh, contact information provided in the closing credits. Folks, that's it. That's all. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper